that, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you. As Pastor Jerry has alluded to earlier, uh, this is a privilege we've been given by you. We've, we could have been sneaking around in a forest. We could have been meeting in some dark passageway, an attic or a basement, huddle around a, a lighter or a candle, seeking to hear your word. And yet we find ourselves, dear God, with much liberty to come and go as we please, uh, to assemble, uh, And so, God, may we not be guilty of taking what you've granted to us for granted. Thank you for this gift. But, oh God, with the brothers and sisters around the world who cannot meet like we are meeting right now for fear of persecution, we ask that you would go with them, be with them. May they sense your presence and your peace. God, for us here right now, we ask now that you take the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts and make them acceptable to you and you alone. God, we ask these things in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, just a quick update um, as far as Precept Ministries is concerned. Uh, ten years ago when we started out, um, when we were first approached by Jack and Kay Arthur, uh, who are the co-founders of Precept Ministries, uh, I only wanted to learn how to study God's Word. That was my only desire. I didn't care about uh, coming back home to the Bahamas. As a matter of fact, Mona Lisa would tell you that our original plan was that we would stay in North Carolina as long as we could. Uh, Jasmine, who was two at the time and our only child, we uh, figured she would graduate from the University of North Carolina. And then we'd think about coming back home to the Bahamas. Um, that plan didn't work out. Um, and I'm glad it didn't because I was able to be taught a method that allows me to go to God's Word for myself. When we, got to, when we moved to Chattanooga, we were asked by Jack and Kay if we would consider going back home to the Bahamas. My limited thinking, it was back to Macedonia Baptist Church. That was the church I was brought up in. Little church in Fox Hill, we call it the, little, the big church with the little church in front of it. Uh, our founding pastor's tomb is in the front there. And uh, limited in my thinking, I thought we were going to be coming back home to Macedonia. I would assume my role back in the membership. And uh, before I knew it, they were packing us up and sending us to a, another island called Eleuthera. And the only thing we knew about Eleuthera was that they, had, they would always get hit by hurricanes, they had pineapples, and they had a ton of mosquitoes. <laughs> and uh, boy, were we wrong too. But anyway, um, that limited thinking has since blossomed into a ministry that serves the Caribbean simply teaching God's people how to handle God's word for themselves. And I'm pleased to say um, uh, last month we were able to uh, clearly uh, and, and definitively say that we have reached over 2,000 new students in the Caribbean region this year alone. Uh, and that's huge, over 150 classes. And the reason why I say it's huge is because a lot of people are not interested in studying God's Word for themselves. Uh, a lot of people would rather um, you tell them what the, text, uh, uh, what the text says, or tell me what the Bible says. Um, in, in the region we're discovering, people are more willing to have you tell them, and they'll, they'll believe it, hook, line, and sinker. I was on a, a television show uh, in Grenada uh, earlier this year, and um, the gentleman, the host, the interviewer was asking me, Patrick, so what are you doing here in Grenada? And um, was telling them some of the things that we were doing in town. We were, had a number of Bible study uh, seminars going on. We were teaching at the seminary school there in Grenada. And guess who walks onto the set? Don't record this. Louis Farrakhan. 
Louis Farrakhan was going throughout the Caribbean, and he still is, by the way. His mother is from St. Kitts. He's been going throughout the Caribbean, basically drumming up support for the nation of Islam. And I so much, I so much wanted to go back on the set. They gave me 10 minutes, they gave him an hour and a half. And the, the only point I'm making is, his words are great to listen to. He would speak of hope and freedom and fighting the establishment and that's, that, that gets everybody all riled up and excited. I don't know if you heard him when he was here, but he was on our radio and he told the listening audience that the ancient of days that the Bible talks about is referring to the black man. I didn't hear anybody call the radio station and refute what he said. I heard people call and said, man, it's good to have you in town, etc., etc. But that's not just for the Bahamas. That's, that's in, endemic of the whole Caribbean. People would rather sit and, and be taught or be told what scripture says. And so uh, we are really excited and we're grateful for the Lord for what he's allowed us to be able to do. I only share that with you because a number of you uh, have been praying for us and continue to pray for us. Next week we are in Treasure, Treasure Key, Abaco, uh, for, for two nights. And then Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday we're doing a men's conference at Marsh Harbor Gospel Chapel. And we've invited a number of churches in the area to participate. I understand that the response has been good. So be praying with us. And our desire is simply to say, hey, do you know you can study the Word of God for yourself? That's freeing. And so having said that, what I'd like to do is to challenge your thinking, if I may. The last time I stood here, I suggested to you that God gave us a recipe for success from Joshua chapter 1. He told God, speaking to Joshua, he said to Joshua, he says, Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but in it you shall meditate on it day and night. Don't turn to the right or turn to the left. But let me give you some history, if I may. God calls this man by the name of Abram. And he says, Abram, I want, this guy was a pagan, didn't know God. Uh, as a matter of fact, this guy was a, a, came out of a polytheistic. He, they worshiped many gods. Ur of the Chaldeans. Uh, they would find a lump in the road and they would build a shrine around it and, and worship it. That's just the way they, they lived. He calls Abram. He says, Abram, I want you to go. I'm going to, I'm going to show you where I'm going to show you the promise now. I'm, going to, I'm making a promise to you. So what does Abram do? Abram packs up and he goes. To make a long story short, Abram has no children. He has a wife. And God, one evening, tells Abram, he says, Abram, I'm going to bless you. Now, to a man who has only his wife and no children, and for God to tell him, not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to make a nation out of you. Um, can you hear Abram? <laughs> uh, God, that's all great. I like it. But I just got this guy by the name of Eliezer, who's my servant. And God says, no, he's going to come from your loins. And Abram says to God, but God, how am I going to... I mean... How is all of this? And, and, and in Genesis 15, God tells Abram, he says, Abram, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to get these animals. And uh, the thing was a ram and a bull and, and so forth and so on. And, 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 and essentially what happens in that experience is God cuts covenant with himself. God makes a promise, a vow, an unbreakable oath. And he says, Abram, I will bless you. Now, one of the things about a covenant or an oath, uh, 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 for example, if Anton and I were, were making a covenant, a pact, an agreement, um, it would be with two partners. Uh, 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 God, not having an equal, basically cut covenant with himself. And he promised, he made a promise to this man, to Abram, he says, 
I will make a nation out of you. Years go by, and Abram has a new name and one son. So much for that being a nation, right? Well, that one son, whose name is, let me see if you spend any, if you paid attention in, in Sunday school, Abraham, his son is, <laughs> well, the first son is Ishmael, but that was not the son of promise, was it? Isaac. Isaac was the son, the son, the son of promise, the covenant son. And Isaac has twins, Jacob and Esau. Now God reaffirms this promise to Isaac, and he prom reaffirms this promise to Jacob, his son. Jacob has 12 boys, 12 sons. To make, to cut the story short, uh, the, uh, uh, Jacob and and, and his whole crew uh, moved to Egypt. This is where Joseph and all of those enter. 400 years, Israel is in slavery. But during that 400 year period, God is growing a nation. They went in at 75 people, and they come out after the Pharaoh experience, after the Exodus. Some people believe, uh, conservative numbers, believe somewhere 600, 700,000 men. They didn't count the women and children at the time. So you're talking about a bucket load of people. I'm getting to the point. Israel, because of their sin, because of their disobedience, they wander around the wilderness for 40 years. And now they're about to enter this promised land that God had promised all the way back to Abram. But covenant was still at play. Covenant, the promise, the oath that God had made. And God says to, to the children of Israel through his servant Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to teach them what I'm about to do. And so what we get to tonight is Deuteronomy chapter 10. Well, the book of Deuteronomy. I just kind of gave you the history so that you know what's going on. Israel's about to... To, to take on this promise of being in the promised land. There is a, there is God in the mixed. And basically God says to Israel, guys, listen, option A, obey me or disobey me. And both of them had consequences. Obey me, blessing. Disobey me, curses. As a matter of fact, that's what you can kind of sum up the whole book of Deuteronomy. There are other small summaries, but for tonight's purposes, obedience, blessings. Disobedience, curses. As a matter of fact, listen to what Moses says to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 11. He says, see, I am setting, this is verse 26, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but return aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. Israel was about to go into this land where there are a bunch of, let's just say pagans. They did not know God. And they would do all, they would do all sorts of weird things as far as worship is concerned. And God said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And over and repeatedly in Deuteronomy, God says to the children of Israel through his servant Moses, listen, obedience, disobedience, blessings, curses. Listen to what he says to them in Deuteronomy chapter 10, which is where we take our theme verse for tonight. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, Moses says to Israel, he says, 
Now Israel, in verse 12, what does the Lord your God require from you? What does the Lord your God beg of you? As a matter of fact, God has done everything up to this point. Well, even up to us to today, isn't he? God's doing it all. And he says, Israel, this is my only request of you. I brought you out of, Israel, I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of Egypt with riches. You wandered around the, the wilderness and your clothes didn't wear out. Your shoes didn't wear out. I gave you food from heaven. Water. No one attacked you. Uh, you I, I guided you uh, by a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. I've been there. I've done everything. I've done everything in my sovereignty, in my power, in my control. Israel, here's what I require of you. Now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And verse 13, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. So what does the Lord require of the children of Israel? Fear God. Walk in his ways, love him, serve him, keep his commandments. As a matter of fact, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, God says to the children of Israel, um, let me read it uh, real quick for you. Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, says, These words, verse 6, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God was saying the commandments which I am giving you, the statutes, the ordinances, Israel, listen to me, hear me. I want you to do these. In the land where you go in, I want you to be able to, to practice this godly living before me so that all and sundry would be able to see and know that I am God. Israel, Israel, Israel. They heard the commandments and they said, yes, God, all that we hear, we will do. And soon as they heard it, no sooner had Israel heard it, and Moses went up Mount Sinai to, to receive the commandments uh, or the testament or the promise, uh, Israel was down at the foot of the mountain just throwing a wild party. And God in his patience, in his loving kindness, because of the covenant that he had cut, way back with Abram, still said, no, 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 in my patience, in my mercy, in my long-suffering, I'm still going to work with these people. God could have chosen any other nation in the world. And he says, Israel, here's what I'm requiring of you today. As a matter of fact, when we say, well, Help me with this. When we talk about fearing God today, what do we, what do we think of when we, when we fear God today? Reverence? That would be the right answer. And how do we reverence God today? Is it okay to talk in church Sunday evening? Yeah, okay. Talk to me. How, do we, how should we reverence God today? Oh, obey Him? Hallow his name. Take him seriously. Taking him at his word. Yeah. Give me some more. Yes, yes, yes. Know that he's holy. Respecting him for who he is. Accepting him for who he is. Now, here's the $50 million question. Us in here tonight might do that. Boy, but is the church actually doing that? Do we really reverence God? 
Do, do we really... The, the, the awesomeness... The, the, the awesomeness of, of, of our God should always be on our lips. So, so Israel, here's what I require of you. As a matter of fact, people of God, here's, here's what I require of you. As a matter of fact, is it, fear God. And, and what's the second thing? To do what? Walk. Um, let me do this. Turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 6. Where is Proverbs? Oh, if you just, Proverbs comes right after Psalms. Proverbs chapter 6. Listen, with the pro, listen to what Proverbs... Someone said something about reverencing God and respecting God and taking God at His word. Listen to what the, the writer of Proverbs chapter 6 says. Chapter 6 verse 20. Listen to what he says. He says, My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Verse 21. Listen to what he says. He says, Bind them, the them, the them there is the commandments of your mom and dad. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. <laughs> when you walk about, they, that's the commandments, will do what? They will guide you. What else will it do? It will guide you when, it'll guide you. When you sleep, what will happen? The commandments will watch over you. And when you awake, they will what? They will speak to you or talk to you. Obeying God's word. I mean, that is. Well, no, there, there's a catcher. If uh, how on earth am I going to obey God's word if I don't study God's word, if I don't read God's word, if I don't ever open the book? If if the only time I open it is on Sunday, how will God's word guide me, and how will I be able to observe it, and how will it watch over me when I sleep? And, and perhaps tonight I'm speaking, I'm speaking to the choir, but, but saints of God, let me, let me encourage you, let me challenge you, uh, for us to live, uh, in, in light of the times that we are in, but live it in such a way that God gets the honor and the glory. And he's, the same way he challenges Israel to fear him, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, tonight he's throwing out the same challenge to us. Well, not really a challenge, it's a command. Fear me, reverence me. When was the last time you had a chance to look at God in nature? I know, yeah, here in Nassau, and it's a city, and you can't see much. But, but when was the last time? Say God in nature, yeah. yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday. Talk to me. Awaki, the beauty of his creation. Anyone had a chance? I know it's kind of dangerous to do it at night now, but anyone had a chance to look up at the stars? I mean, around here, you look up at the stars too long, you're going to find a gun in your back. But sunsets and leaves you speechless. Sunrise, sunrise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had reason to rejoice and give God the glory the other day just by seeing a snapshot of someone's ultrasound and seeing that baby in there and the head and the hands and the, and the rib cage. God, you are awesome. We don't have to look very far to reverence him, do we? I had cause to do it just this morning, looking in this, at this handsome face in the mirror. God, you're really awesome, aren't you? Now, now that's just my opinion. I don't care what y'all think about me, but I'm happy because God created me, right? Look at verse 23. Verse 23 of Psalm of Proverbs 6 says, For the commandment is a what? Is a lamp. 
And the teaching is a light. And reproofs for discipline are the way of life. Almost every chance I get as I speak from the pulpit and teach God's word, my heart is to encourage people to get into the book and, 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 and open the book and, 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 and allow God to teach you, teach me through his word. But as long as do it, as long as it's doing this, game over. Satan's happy with us going to church, you know. Yeah, you could go to church on Sunday. As a matter of fact, you can even go get happy in Jesus. Just don't open the book. This is my map. This is my blueprint. But anyway, let's go on. So fear God and, and, and walk in His ways. Uh, the, 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 this is more than just placing one foot in front of the other. This has to do with a conduct, a way of life. Do you know what Ephesians has to say about walking? Listen to what the Apostle Paul said um, uh, about walking in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4. And again, Deuteronomy says now, What does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in chapter 4 verse 1 of Ephesians. He says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to conduct yourself, that's walk, in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Drop down to verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you conduct yourself no longer just as the Gentiles conduct themselves in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Paul's saying, don't walk that way. Don't walk like the Gentiles walk. Chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and do what? Conduct yourself, behave in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. How's your walk? What does God require of us? That we fear Him. That we live in light of His reverence. Oh boy. I don't like to pick. But in, in, in my life, there are times when I am watching television and this is particularly true, especially when I travel. Um, I don't have uh, my children uh, sneaking up behind me. Daddy, what you watching? Uh, I don't have Mona Lisa uh, admonishing me to come to bed. So I'm through for the day. I've had a long day, a productive day. And I'm sitting there in front of the television, just vegging. And the program comes on, I say, wow, I haven't seen this. I, I haven't had a chance to watch this because it may have some curse words or something. And, and it may have some. And, and, and so I'm sitting there and, and it starts to go on. And at some point, quickly the Spirit of God says, Patrick, what you watching? Hmm, me, nothing. You should see me in my hotel room. You sure you want to watch that? Is that reverencing me? And, and Patrick, are you conducting yourself in a manner worthy of me? Now here's how I try to wiggle out of it. But God, ain't nobody here. Cadmium, my shadow, ain't here. But the Holy Spirit is there. And there's always that holy divine audience that we find ourselves in their presence, not looking over our shoulder, but standing right there with us. When I'm on the internet and I am clicking away 
And there are times I've done all my work and the Spirit of God living in me says, Patrick, log off, go to bed. And I said, well, you know, I just want to surf a little. I just want to catch up on the news. I want to see the sports reports. And before I know it, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? To fear God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him how? With all your heart. How do we love the Lord our God with all our hearts today? How would that look? Let me ask the question a little easier. How would loving the Lord my God look tomorrow in the grocery line at the checkout counter? Uh, um, how would loving the Lord my God with all my heart, how would that look when the offering plate <laughs> goes by? Um, uh, tomorrow everybody and their grandma is back in traffic. School's back in the open again, right? This is my favorite. How do we show the world out there that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength? Tomorrow morning, about 8.10. Sister Anne said, don't scream at your sister. Give me some. Talk to me. How, how do we do this Practically. Those of you who are in school, students, how are, are your colleagues going to see that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, your might tomorrow? You better walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. That's right. That's the only way we will be able to love the Lord our God with all our heart. Now, our, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who are in difficult uh, uh, marriages, uh, 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 how, how, how would that look? Don't answer that. Don't, don't answer that. Answer that one in your heart. How, how, how do we fear God and how do we walk in His ways and love Him with all our strength? You, you know what amazes me? Uh, we've, we've had... Uh, Oh, we, we got some good NFL games this, this, this season. I mean, the NFL has just been awesome. Uh, uh, we just had the World Series just finished. Um, uh, uh, hockey is in high gear. And um, what, what, is, what, is, what, is, what has just started? Basketball, NBA. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's that? Paul says he has absolutely no idea. <laughs> Paul, you got to get with it, brother. <laughs> but we talk about our athletes, don't we? And we talk about them with passion. You talk to some fellas, they got all the stats. And you see what so-and-so did and what he did. And I'm not a baseball fan, but I watch the highlights, man. These fellas are doing some incredible things. And we talk, well, you should hear the commentators talk about it. This morning, do you know what you did? Those of us who participated, we celebrated a covenant meal. The covenant meal was a remembrance of what Jesus, what Jesus did for us. But we don't brag about it. We don't talk about it. The world just sees us on Sunday morning, especially those who celebrated first Sunday in the month, and few of us wear white, and they say, well, yeah, I guess they're celebrating Lord's Supper today, and I guess I'm challenging you to, to, to live, challenging us to live more passionately. Y'all know how much money Kobe Bryant is going to make this year? A bucket load just for throwing a letter ball to a hoop. You know what Jesus did for us? You know what Jesus did for you? Do you know what he did for me?
Oh Israel, what does the Lord require of you? People of God, what does God require of you? That you fear Him, that you walk in all His ways, that you love Him with your whole heart, that you do what? What's the next thing? Serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You thought you got away from it, didn't you? How do we do this? How, 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 would, this, how would this work practically? And I'm sorry for walking up and down, but... I think Sunday evenings are a bit more relaxed. But talk to me. How would this look? Give me some ideas. Serving Him. And serving them is just um, fixing some food and giving it to them, right? That's what we're talking about. I see a hand up at the back. Yes. You're going to have to speak loud. What you do to the least of my brethren, my brother says you do to me. Does that sound like service? Listen to what John says. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Uh, chapter 4, verse 19 and 20 is what I'm really wanting. And it says this, we love because who? He, God, first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, listen to what scripture says, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. I, I'm not taking responsibility for writing this. That's what God's word says. Listen to chapter 5, verse 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to Romans chapter 1, verse 9. For God, whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you. Paul talking about serving with his whole heart, uh, with, with his every being. I don't know if you've noticed, but... The church today is, is not as meaningful, is not as relevant as it, as it used to be. And part of the reason is we have neglected the Word of God, really, and, and its teaching. One of the easiest ways to help build up the body of Christ is our service to each other. The way we love uh, one another and, and, and love one another unconditionally. Listen to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Listen to what it says. It says, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service and a reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. The warning from the writer of Hebrews says, Love, serve one another. And it's not limited to one particular way. It's not relegated to one particular thing. And we can love on each other in so many different ways. Finally, uh, Moses says, What does the Lord require of you to fear God, to to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve Him, and to do what? Finally, to keep, verse 13, 
to keep his commandments. Over and over and over again, we hear people say, well, we ain't under the law, we under grace. And indeed we are. Does that mean we throw the law out? What did Proverbs chapter 6 tell us about keeping the law, observing the law? If I were to obey the law, Proverbs chapter 6 tells me that it would watch over me, that it would talk to me. Somebody uh, ran into us the other day and um, literally uh, we, had a, we were in an accident and uh, I was anxiously waiting for the police report uh, because, um, because he was in wrong. And, and, and the irony about the accident was the same place Mona Lisa had gotten her car written off back in April when I was in San Salvador is the same spot I got hit. And I was like, gracious, talk about lightning striking the same place twice. Well, I was behind the police. The police said, give us 10 working days. I gave them 12. I even threw in a holiday in there, waited on them, and I finally go to the police station uh, on the highway, and I show up there with a big old Bahamian smile. I said, good morning. I'm here to pick up the police report. And, well, it's not ready. We'll just leave it at that. It wasn't ready. So he said, come back in two days. I gave him a week. And a very generous, you know, loving guy like I am. And, and I go back in a week's time, and, and the officer uh, apologetically said, Mr. Rutherford is not ready. Uh, uh, come back in another two days. That's fine. That's fine. I came back in two days. Now, you got to understand, while I'm harassing the police, the Lord's been kind of messing around in my Kool-Aid. Because the question that kept coming to me was, Patrick, why are you so anxious to get this police report? Because he's, he's going to pay for this damage to the car. Friday morning came. I'm driving to the police station. And I'm just having a miserable morning. Because God has told me in my spirit... The Holy Spirit living in me has told me what I need to do. You're breaking up. Can't can't hear. Come again? No, 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 no. I get to the police station, and 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 this time the police officer is waiting on me. He's like, Mister Rutherford, was wondering if you wasn't coming anymore. So while I'm here, give me my things. Let's go read the report. Made sure I read the report before I left it to make sure it wasn't my fault. And of course, true to form, they find the guy responsible. So now I can go to his insurance company and claim. No, oh, he had insurance. I could find him. That's just it. Here I am on the phone talking to the gentleman. And I said, sir. And then the phone gets disconnected. So I'm like, God, Providence, I mean, this is just you. You changed your mind. And all this verse says, call him back. And change your attitude while you're at it. So I called him and I said, hey, how you doing? I know we got disconnected, but listen, I just want you to know, I got the police report. They say you're responsible, but guess what? We're going to let it roll. And his response was, Mr. Rutherford, why? He said, son, I want you to know how good God's been to me. I want to share with you how good God is to you. Yeah, my pride was hurt a little bit. Now I got to drive around with a little nick on the car. It's just a little nick. It's not obvious. All my family members who was praying, praying the Lord, praying down half of heaven to, to deal with that fellow, to make sure he paid. And now I have to go back to them and tell them, I let the fellow go. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. God requires complete obedience from us. And today, I believe he's still saying, you obey me, there are blessings that follow. You disobey me. But just as important, ladies and gentlemen, understand, we live in a land where we too are around a bunch of pagans, a bunch of ites. And let me ask you a couple of questions as I close. How on earth are they going to get a glimpse, a snapshot of who God is if we are walking in disobedience, if we neglect to get to know Him here in His Word, if I choose not to live in, in, in His awesomeness, if I don't love Him truly, if I don't serve others, if I don't walk, if I don't keep His commands... A verse my wife loves to quote, she says, Patrick, remember, we are living epistles to be read by all. I don't like that verse. Because you know the day when that guy hit me? Right in front of Kentucky Fried Chicken in rush hour traffic and everybody driving past me and I already embarrassed. I wasn't as holy as I should have been. I had a scowl on my face. I wanted that young man to know I was vexed. And my wife pokes her head from under the window. She says, Patrick, Patrick, be holy. Yes, they do. But I thank God for her. Because in the traffic, I can't tell you how many people drove past. Brother Rutherford, you all right? If they'd seen me, they would have my mouth long off. And what would they have read? And, and would God have gotten the glory as Pastor Arnett prays for us over and repeatedly? Saints of God, fear Him. Walk in His ways. Love Him. Serve Him. And keep His commandments. And it starts with you and I making certain that we get healthy doses of Him right here in the Word of God for ourselves. I'll say it a little slower. What does God expect? What is He asking of you and I? That we reverence Him in all our behavior that we conduct ourselves in a way that's always pleasing to Him, that we love Him, that we serve Him, and that we keep, that we observe, that we guard His commands. You know what, Miss Anne? I was the same way with my mom. Why, mommy? Why do we have to have devotions every morning? But my mom, in her faithfulness, continued to make certain that our sons got healthy doses of God every morning. So you be faithful. No matter the cost. You fear Him. You walk in His ways. You love Him. You serve Him. And you keep his commands. That's all right. That's all right. We're a bunch of knuckleheads, aren't we? Over and repeatedly, God repeats himself in Scripture. He repeats himself and repeats himself, just like a faithful father would to his son. Can I pray with you? Oh, God. Sometimes I'm guilty of oversimplifying your word. God, if it means it's sinking a little bit deeper into our hearts, the fact that you have given us your word, 
your holy word in its entirety, in its completeness. From Genesis to Revelation, you have given us enough to live in light of who you are. God, to know that you have done, you have given us everything that we need to live godly. You've poured out your love in our hearts. You've given us your word. You've etched it, as it were, in the flesh of our hearts. You have given us your Holy Spirit. To realize and recognize and be cognizant of the fact, dear God, that it has absolutely nothing to do with us, but you desirous of living in us and through us for your good pleasure. Oh God, when we leave this place, when we get out into the world uh, tomorrow and in the weeks uh, to come, may we be cognizant of the fact that you require simple obedience. God, may we, may we, may we, may we have the boldness to fear you, to walk in your ways, to serve you, to love you, and to keep your commands. God, knowing that it's not about us, may you get glory, however you choose, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, in our marriages, with our children, at work, at play, wherever it is you would have us to go, dear God, may your good name be glorified. Father, thank you for Calvary Bible Church. Thank you for the leadership and its desire to make sure that we mature in our spiritual walk. Oh God, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. In the ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. True happiness, ladies and gentlemen, comes when I begin to consistently obey God and His Word. Amen.